M-Lane Solutions, the Emerald Thought Wave, coming at you right now. Coming at you right now. Coming at you right with our compassion. Empathy is grounded in the acknowledgement of death and the celebration of life and rooting for each other to flourish and be. So when we talk about building an empathic civilization, we're talking about the ability of human beings to show solidarity not only with each other but our fellow creatures who have a one and only life on this little planet. We are homo empathicus. So here's the question. We know that consciousness changes in history. The way our brain is wired today is not the way a medieval surf's brain would be wired, and their, their brain wouldn't be the same as the wiring of a forager hunter 30,000 years ago. So the question I asked at the beginning of this study is, how does consciousness change in history? Because I wanted to imagine the following proposition. Is it possible that we human beings who are soft-wired for empathic distress, is it possible we could actually extend our empathy to the entire human race as an extended family and to our fellow creatures as part of our evolutionary family and to the biosphere is our common community. If it's possible to imagine that, then we may be able to save our species and save our planet. And when I say to you tonight, if it's impossible to even imagine that, I don't see how we're going to make it. Empathy is the invisible hand. Empathy is what allows us to stretch our sensibility with another so that we can cohere in larger social units. To empathize is to civilize. To civilize is to empathize. With forage or hunter societies, communication only extended to the local tribe and shouting distance. Everyone over in the next mountain was the alien other. So empathy only extended to blood ties. When we went to the great hydraulic agricultural civilization, script allowed us to extend the central nervous system and to annihilate more time and space and bring more people together. And the differentiation of skills and the increasing selfhood not only led to theological consciousness, but empathy now extended to a new fiction. And that is, instead of just associating with one's blood ties, we detribalize and begin association based on religious ties. So a new fiction, Jews start to see all other Jews as extended family and empathize with Jews. Christians start to see all other Christians as extended family and empathize with Christians. Muslims, the same. When we get to the 19th century, the Industrial Revolution, and we extend markets now to larger areas and create a fiction called the nation-state. And all of a sudden, the Brits start to see others in, in Britain as extended family. The Germans start to see Germans as extended family. The Americans as Americans. There was no such thing as Germany. There was no such thing as France. These are fictions. But if we have gone from empathy in blood ties to empathy in, in religious associational ties to empathy based on national identification, is it really a big stretch to imagine the new technologies allowing us to connect our empathy to the human race writ large in a single biosphere? And what reason would we stop here at the nation-state identity? We have the technology that allows us to extend the central nervous system and to think viscerally as a family, not just intellectually. When that earthquake hit Haiti, within an hour the Twitters came out, and within two hours some cell phone videos, YouTube, and within three hours the entire human race was in an empathic embrace coming to the aid of Haiti. 
if we were, as the Enlightenment philosophers suggested, in materialistic, self-interested, utilitarian, pleasure-seeking, it couldn't account for the response to Haiti. The point is, we have to begin thinking as an extended family. We have to broaden our sense of identity. We don't lose the old identities of nationhood and our religious identities and even our blood ties. But we extend our identity so we can think of the human race as our fellow sojourners and our other creatures here as part of our evolutionary family and the biosphere as our community. We have to rethink the human narrative. If we are truly homo empathicus, then we need to bring out that core nature. Because if it doesn't come out and it's repressed by our parenting, our educational system, our business practice and government, the secondary drives come. The narcissism, the materialism, the violence, the aggression. If we can have a global debate, let it start here, to begin rethinking human nature, to bring out our empathic sociability, so that we can rethink the institutions of society and prepare the groundwork for an empathic civilization. software, understanding, and the solutions. Ah, I'm sitting here, man. I'm trying to wrap my head around all these, uh, these shootings that are going on. Las Vegas massacre. Yesterday, news came down of another gunman in the church. This is why, this is why you got to live your life, dude. You got to live your life to the fullest. I mean, you got to pull out all the stops because you think you're safe at a concert, chilling. Next thing you know, you look over in the middle of the song and you see some guy's head explode like a watermelon. Shocking, because some sociopath in a hotel on the 30th floor is shooting an Uzi into a crowd and you happen to be there. Anything can happen at any time. Life, this is how random life is. 
it's completely unnerving if you really stop and think about it. You shouldn't think about it. You should just live your life, but just know that you gotta live because tomorrow's not promised. Obviously, you think these people at the concert thought they were gonna die that night or the, or the people at church thought they were going to get gunned down that afternoon? It just happens, man. Live your life to the full. Take a vacation if, if it comes into your mind. When your intuition gives you a dream or some kind of a, some kind of a spark, a vision, then follow it. Go on vacation, man. Go to Europe, pursue that dream, start painting on a canvas with paints. Do things that you never thought you would. You gotta, you gotta live, man. That's what this whole scenario, this whole simulation is about living. Buck the trends of the culture, forget the rules, live by your own dictates, as long as it doesn't hurt other people, man. It's fucking bullshit, man. Oh, God. Anyway, the first clip you heard was this guy named Jeremy Rifkin. And he has this really interesting idea about empathy and social media. Social media. I have a very complex relationship with social media, as I'm sure we all do as a culture, a love-hate relationship with social media. Just the term social media, at, at this point in my brain, has, it has a very superficial trigger point when I hear that phrase. I think of mundane events and content, parties, people uh, getting knocked out on street corners as young men cackle on the sidelines like hyenas, endless galleries of people on faraway trips, on beaches, on islands where you are not, infinite selfies, infinite selfie culture, Buns, abs, sneakers, expensive, exotic fashion, inspirational quotes. Yes, yes, social media does encompass the banal, the annoying, the narcissistic. But, you know, zooming out in a more vast sense, these things that we call social media, they, they're far more profound, I think, they are the beginning of a planet-wide telepathic hive mind. So, for example, when these tragic events happen on social media, and it, they seem to be happening at a quicker clip, seemingly. I don't know if they're happening at a, at a faster clip or if it's because we're so plugged in to instantaneous global social media, it gives us the illusion that heinous events are happening continuously, nonstop. That's the impression one gets, but I suspect that when you're logged in 24 hours a day to a nonstop global instantaneous news cycle, it, it begins to warp your perception a little bit. The, these events, everything's just happening at, at more of an accelerated pace. I could be wrong, I could be wrong, but I mean, shit, another thing happened today. I don't know what's going on with this worldwide trend of running people down with vans. I, I, the first one I heard about, 
think it was in the south of France. I think it was in Marseille. Uh, then it happened in Spain. A month after I was in Spain with my family. Happened in New York last week. The van situation is crazy. But you know what's even more dark, if I'm honest with myself, which, which kind of disturbed me even more? The fact of when I read about these events happening, like when they happen, how quickly my mind just swipes past them on my timeline. On social media, I just, I see like a horrific event, 100 people die, gun down, and I just go, damn, and I just swipe. All right, what else? Uh, what's on TV tonight? You know, like, it's like this desensitized uh, modern coping mechanism where you just, it's, it's almost just another piece of content you know, it's not real. It's just on your timeline. Oh, boom, boom, swipe, swipe, swipe. And you, it's like, is this what it's going to be? Like a normalization of terrorist attacks, you know, bombs going off in targets, people getting run down, drone killings, the most hellish news, news events constantly going across your timeline. And you just are just swipe, 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 swipe. Let me get to some, let me get to a good picture or an interesting article. <laughs> That's even more disturbing to me, if I'm honest with myself. <laughs> I noticed I did that a few times on, on like each of the last three or four events, terrorist events, and I just thought to myself like, a, a, a little voice in my head just said, wow, that's dark. You're just gonna swipe past, huh? <sighs> anyway, my point is, as these tragic events get broadcast on social media, the eyes and hearts of billions of human beings react. And if you, could, if you could visualize it, there's this huge psychic tidal wave and it, it, the fabric of the wave is comprised of, of highly charged emotions, of rage, of anguish, of shock, of, of empathy. An, an extremely sudden, unforeseen, planet-wide, emotional psychic event and it it resounds like a bell it's like someone all of a sudden hits a gong what does that mean well in my opinion we enter into a new phase as a race we begin to trigger collectively this thing called the noosphere the noosphere the noosphere what is what is a noosphere <laughs> noosphere. Okay. So I'm, I'm sure you've heard the term geosphere, right? They're different spheres, different realms of life in, on the planet. The geosphere pertains to all inanimate, means not living, not animated, matter, rocks, mountains, things like that. Above that is the biosphere, living beings, animals, you and I. So above the biosphere in a more ethereal plane of existence is the noosphere. It's a funny word, noosphere, N-O-O, sphere. And that pertains to the worldwide uh, realm of, of thought that everybody on the planet is linked into. We've arrived, we've arrived, or we are arriving 
at a at a very weird juncture. I think we're always we're arriving at a weird juncture. That's that's how life is. It's always happening. It's always changing. Anyway, we are arriving at a juncture where billions of people. We don't even see it coming, man. We don't even see it happening. It's hard to see anything happening. It's hard to do anything else but check social media. You really gotta like divorce yourself from it. You have to employ militaristic, marine-like tactics to put your iPad down or to force yourself into a room with no electronics. But neither here nor there. Billions of people are using social media, are participating in social media applications. When events happen, tragic events, energetic, attention-grabbing events, and all of these billions of people react psychically at the same time, that's a magnificent tidal wave of human consciousness, an atomic reaction of psychic energy. You can multiply that exponentially as all these other developing nations start coming online. Africa, India, all the third world and fourth and fifth, sixth world countries. As they start getting their hands on computing, internet, and social media, it's going to add to the snowball effect and the power of the collective wave. And as a result, it would follow seemingly that in a deeper way in a more profound powerful way we're going to begin influencing the crown chakra of the planet earth if that is too if that's too new age for you we are going to start triggering the noosphere what does that mean you could you could imagine a any varying amount of, of dystopian or utopian scenarios. On the dystopian end, billions of people reacting to a negative event at the same time with fear. I don't know, what, what could that do? That could flip the poles on the planet, create tsunamis and, and earthquakes. Maybe he unleash a, a coronal mass ejection, solar flare from the sun. People don't realize that. I think all of these planets, they're connected. I mean, they're, they're orbiting around each other. There's some, kind of, there's some kind of correlation. There's some relationship happening. The solar system seems to me like some kind of a cosmic mechanism. So, all right, forgive me, but I, I, at times I'll derail because some of, these, some of these thoughts lead you into such flamboyant and, and uh, interesting territory that you, you have to deviate for a moment and, and just contemplate the stars of all the ideas that are flooding into your mind. You have to just, oh wow, that's insane. And then we'll bring it back. So that's a, that's a negative event, okay? A, a huge psychic event happening on the planet influencing the sun and uh, a solar flare being spit back at the planet Earth. But what about a positive scenario when you have a population of 8 billion people, 9 billion people, 10 billion people at that point in the future, and you can organize and direct everyone's imagination simultaneously? 
and instruct everyone to focus on a beautiful, idealized, harmonious image or mantra, an outcome, an intention, a single human unified intention. Social media will enable that kind of organization. <sighs> you, you, ever seen, you ever seen crop circles? Listen, I know I'm not gonna, but listen, just listen to me for a second. I'm not, I'm not a ufologist, okay? I don't know if extraterrestrials exist. I have some stories, we'll talk about that in a different, in a different podcast. But when you get a chance, you should research crop circles. And I don't know if they're real or not. Maybe they're fake. I've heard a lot of them are fake. But there are these exotic shapes and images that supposedly are being burned into the grass uh, from the halls of some sublime extraterrestrial palace or spaceship in another dimension. But if you look at some of these shapes, they're, they're inscrutable, they're, they're very, they're, they're alien. It's like, it's like you know, what, the, what the hell is that shape? But supposedly, some people say that they are their keys, they're, they're codes, ancient codes that uh, will unlock, who knows. Just imagine with me for a second, if we could direct the whole of human civilization to focus their imaginations upon one of those images. I don't know, we could pick one, we could figure out which one we want to pick. But what if we did that? I mean, you could, you could uh, see a scenario where we spontaneously open up some kind of, some kind of uh, wormhole in the middle of outer space, greeting the Space Brothers from the future, reunited once again. Maybe we can we can accelerate goodwill on the planet if we all work together mentally. Maybe us realizing that kind of collective technology is a hallmark of us joining the ranks of the intergalactic community. Look at us crossing over these thresholds. A global collective human wave of directed intention. A weapon or a tool on the positive note, hopefully. To me, it's very reminiscent of things that I've read and tales that I've heard about regarding ancient Atlantis, Atlantean technology. More on that in a later episode, I'm sure. Am I, am I doing too much with this thought experiment? Am I going off the deep end? Is this making some sense? I don't know. But one thing is totally for certain, and that is what we know today as social networks, they are the crude, embryonic representations of tomorrow's planet-wide, humanistic, telepathic amplification technologies. And it's gonna be a miraculous thing. We are literally going to be wielding the power of the gods.
social yeah. media. I mean, I think the big lie of our generation is the phrase social media. And it really isn't. It's anti-social media. And it has a lot of uses and, it ha you know, whatever, but it's not social in any human sense. And, and if you look at um, suicide rates, depression rates, PTSD rates, uh, anxiety rates, they're doing nothing but going up in our society. Mass shootings, <laughs> you know, just something tragic just happened yesterday. Um, all those things, they're indicators of something, and they're all going up in our society, despite the fact that we're a very wealthy, powerful, relatively peaceful society, like something's going on. I can't prove that it's, you know, the internet or social media, or whatever. I mean, obviously, the, but, but the, the fact that those things are happening at the same time does make me wonder that these new devices certainly don't bring happiness, because the numbers are going in the wrong direction. I mean, the, I think the problem is when, when people want to be socially and socially connected constantly, no matter what they're doing. Mm. Um, and that, I think, keeps people from actually fully experiencing whatever they're actually doing. I think there's definitely some truth to that, but I do like the fact that I can ask my phone questions. Like, if I don't know anything, then I can ask. Yeah. Yeah, there's a new feature on this Google Pixel where you squeeze the side of it, and the Google Assistant comes up, and you can ask it questions. You squeeze it and ask a question. I mean, that's... That's some space age shit, man. It, it, yeah, I mean, or it's downright creepy. I mean, you know, depends <laughs> how you look at it. I mean, I, you know, I get it. Like, I mean, you, you have all of human knowledge in your front pocket. Yeah. Accessible at every moment. Like, I, I do understand the power of it and the appeal of it. I'm not saying there aren't great things about it. Of course there are. Um, I, it's just, for me, the downside outweighs the upside. For other people, I guess it doesn't. But if you look, again, if you look at mental health statistics in this country, we're doing something wrong because they're all going in the wrong direction. This is kind of sound weird, but I don't even think they're necessarily designed for us. I think they're designed for the future. I think, right. and I don't even think it's a design. I just think that all things move in an ever right. more complex direction and that whatever a person is now is not gonna be the same thing a thousand years from now or a hundred years from now even. I think there's gonna be some sort of symbiotic connection right. between us and electronics. Like we're gonna have it installed in our bodies. Well, you know, that gets to um, a kind of profound question, like what is the point of existence, of human mm. existence? What's the point of it? Right. Um, is the point for as many humans as possible to, leave, to lead safe, um, human-fulfilled lives, or is it for the human race as an entity 
to produce the highest technological achievements and scientific insights. You know, and, and I don't have a vote either way, but that, that does sort of seem to be the, the question. And that technology, I mean, we know does not lead to fulfillment and happiness, but it does lead to scientific insight and to, you know, incredible, um, under, I mean, a profound understanding of how the universe works in a physical sense. Yeah. I wonder if what we're doing is just being caught up in the momentum of all this innovation and instead of like using this. Yo, I gotta run up the street real quick. All right, until then, hit me on Twitter. Sunny Coates, S-O-N-N-Y-C-O-A-T-E-S, at Sunny Coates on Twitter. Check out the website, em-lane.com, mlane.com. There are music videos from the band and episodes of the podcast. We're getting everything together, wrapping up for 2018. Thank you for listening. Episode 22 coming in just a few days. End of line.